If you're listening to this and you're new to Toronto Christian Community Church, we are a multicultural church with a Cantonese, Mandarin, and English congregation all under one roof. We are located on the intersection of Warden and Steeles Avenue, right on the border of Scarborough and Markham. We serve folks from the greater Toronto area and the suburbs around it, whether that's North York, Markham, Richmond Hill, Scarborough, or Mississauga. Sunday English service are currently being held virtually from 9.40 a.m. to around 10.45 to 11 a.m. For more information, head over to info.tccc.ca. Hey, T3C family, I'm Roxine, and I am your English Ministry Communications Coordinator. In this episode, I sit down with Natalie and Joyce Chan. They both serve in many ministries at T3C, but most relevant is that they're both table discussion leaders of our Summer Junction series. If you're curious about what Junction is, then listen to episode two of this podcast where I discuss exactly that with our English lead pastor, Reverend Edmund. So in this conversation, we go into the first week of Junction. We also talk about why Nat and Joyce decided to be Junction leaders, what challenged them about the passage, and how they see 1 Timothy 1.11 relate to our lives today. So again, our discussion is around the first week of Junction. That's 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. So if you haven't read that or haven't listened to last Sunday's sermon, feel free to hit pause and read that first. Otherwise, if you're ready to go, here's my conversation with Joyce and Natalie Chan. Hey, Nat. Hey, Joyce. Um, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah, doing well as well. How are you doing? Are you? Um, I'm pretty good. Uh, and the funny thing is, like, we're doing this via, like, a Zoom call kind of video um, so I can see you guys. But I don't know if people will be able to differentiate your voices. <laughs> so um, could you quickly... Um, introduce yourselves, um, yeah, and what ministries you currently serve in at T3C. Uh, I'm Joyce. Currently, uh, we're living together. So Natalie and I live together. We like to do a lot of things here, like baking and whatnot, arts. And currently at T3C, I'm involved in Oasis Cafe, which is the coffee service, and then also with TAG, so the 7-8 uh, kiddos program. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a good bunch. <laughs> good kids. And I'm Natalie. <laughs> yeah. I'm Natalie. Yes, we live together because we're sisters. <laughs> and yes, I also serve alongside my sister at Oasis Cafe. Um, and also, I'm one of the members of the committee for Salt Fellowship, which is for the careers. Hmm. So, um, those are the ministries you guys are usually involved in, but this summer you're helping out with Junction as well as table leaders. Um, so what made you guys decide to become Junction leaders if you were even given a choice when someone asked you to be leaders? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely voluntarily signed ourselves okay, up. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this has been, this is our going to be our second year of sewing together. Last year having been the first time. Um, and I think Junction just something, uh, just attending it, something that's been really, just a, a really enjoyable experience for us. I think we personally love hearing um, people share people's experiences, people's perspectives. And I think 
um, something that I've really enjoyed about it is just the opportunity to be able to meet new people and um, especially people that you might have never seen before or talked to before, but you've seen them around. Mm. Um, so just by uh, just putting out your stuff out there, just joining a table, not not that we're able to physically be at a table this year, but <laughs> yeah. uh, in the past, it's been, um, it's been really awesome to just yeah, join a table of people you don't know and then to be able to learn more about them through um, what they had to say about God's word. And I think uh, just learning more about God's word and what happened in history has been something that I've always wanted to know more about. So it's just been really cool for it to be um, done so in a way where it's with a group and people. Yeah, just to build off that. It's also cool that Natalie and I can do something together outside mm-hmm. of like the home. Yeah. So just be able to like spend that time together. Yeah. Uh, sometimes like rushing, like, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, and then even just like seeing people's heart for God's word grow mm-hmm. uh, and the immense amount of learning that I get to do or we get to do mm-hmm. just by listening to people and learning from them as well. Mm-hmm. And like, Thanks again for you guys being on the podcast because this is the perfect way for you to share with other people what you've learned. Um, for those who are listening who may not have d- done Johnson in the past, um, because Nat and Joyce are table leaders, they might not share as much as everyone else on the table. But for this specific episode, they're going to be sharing more. So I'm not going to be sharing anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> So for Junction Week 1, um, the passage is 1 Timothy uh, 1, verses 1 to 11. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't read that passage, uh, which you should by now because we already went through the sermon and the table discussions, um, you can pause this and go read it. Um, so we'll just jump right into the passage uh, right away. Um So one of the personal questions we have in our Junction booklet is, um, what has this passage showed you about God's character. Um, could you guys take that away? Uh, yeah, sure. I can start. Off. What has God shown me about his character in this passage? I feel like right off the bat, it was interesting to hear, like, right in the beginning, like, Paul describes God. He's saying he's a giver of grace, mercy, and peace. Um, just remind myself that God is a giver of good things and powerful things. Um, and also that he commands Paul um, that the truth is important. He wants people to know his truth and his character. Um, and that's, I don't know, I just really appreciate that it was right up front in the passage. And I think uh, just by uh, sharing this law with people, it's like he's very gracious to the people, even though they choose or choose not to obey it. Um, he's constantly on the lookout for his children um, and provides people or places people in our lives to teach us and to guide us and support us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's definitely a really good reminder of just how um, powerful he is and how he's able to transform people, whether in smaller or larger ways. Um, the fact that from the ethnic echo, Paul is able to, able to instruct um, someone in confidence of his own faith and in Timothy uh, to be able to lead um, in his absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really important, especially what Joy said, where at this time, truth is really important. Like knowing what the Bible actually says about whether it's recent issues or previous issues that have come up in conversations. Like what does the Bible actually say? Um, and I guess whether it's in light of recent events um, or pandemic or something like that, were there any parts of the passage that um, really piqued your interest or that you were really challenged by? 
I think it was exactly to that point, like how important it is to actually know the truth. And sometimes like that process of uncovering the truth and internalizing it, it's like, it can be a journey. It's like wrestling, you're, you're like, like wondering, like, what does it mean for me? And then even here when the passage is about teaching the truth and then getting to the point where you can like tell people about the truth um, lovingly, um, but also correctly. So I feel like that process of like uncovering the truth and getting to the truth is a lot of like personal responsibility to search in scripture. Um, like what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also to wrestle with that, knowing that, yeah, it's a learning process. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say I agree as well. Uh, just being challenged to um, really learn more about God, um, to be able to combat um, whatever temptation comes in the form of, and to like hopefully in time be ready be able to distinguish um, proper from improper teaching, um, whether it's coming from uh, speakers or other people, books, media, and such. Um, I think just. Definitely um, in past experience too. I think before I had the desire to live more about God, it was very easy for whatever church I was going to at the time to just take um, whatever the pastor was sharing as as it is and as as a truth and how I should immediately directly apply it as it is to my life. Um, but I think over time, as you get to know God more, um, yeah, through Scripture and just how he's making himself known to me in my life, I think um, have definitely been able to see that in the past, it would have been a good idea to not <laughs> take those things as exactly as it is. Um, so yeah, it's just very um, vital in terms of having that, continue to build that strong foundation. Yeah. And a follow-up question um, kind of with, what we've learned from the Bible and applying that to like a recent situation. Was there um, a recent time where you had to apply what you know about the Bible in order to kind of, I don't know, like deal with a specific situation recently? Like something like a passage that was coming up this week uh, was coming from James. So James chapter two looks at faith and deeds. So we're not saved by uh, deeds. We'll never never be because of what we do, Mm -hmm. um, but it's by faith. But, the deeds and what we do authenticates our faith. Um, and so as I think about, like, I don't know, I guess in light of recent news, where there's a lot of calling to action and a lot of mm-hmm. calling to, like, respond by doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like, what I do should be in response, I should be reflective of my faith. But it's so important then, like, to be, to, to match then, like, do my deeds, are they coming from a, point because of things I believe or is it coming from a point of like of like self is it to like mm-hmm. show that I care is it to show that yeah. like what do my deeds say is it focused on God or is it focused on just like myself and like like showing like yeah things about me mm-hmm. um but then it, so on the one hand like being critical about what I'm doing but all on the second hand also sit, like reiterate the need to like be able to do something and that doing something is quite wide it can be like learning it can be listening listening is very important Um, we hear in the bible like be we should be listening before we're like speaking um yeah i don't know yeah yeah and i think yeah because we were actually like we had this similar conversation when we were taking a walk during the week um and then yeah just like like the call to action takes the form of many things and like what you're um, what God places on your heart is very different for different people. Um, and 
I think, yeah, it's important to be in the right place. Being, yeah, ask yourself, check yourself. Why am I like even like yeah? I think like you've already seen like everything's on social media too. So it's kind of just like like why am I doing this? Why is this being shared? Um, do I know why it's being shared? Why do I want to share it? And I think yeah, it's very much checking your own heart and making sure it's coming from from a place where like like <laughs> I kind of like, like, like a place of love yeah. from this. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because when like part of this part of First Timothy is the law, right? And talking about what makes the law good, like if there's something that makes the law good, then there's something that makes the law bad, in a sense. Um, so I think this is one of the group questions, but we weren't going to cover I don't know, but um, we can cover it now because it kind of ties in. So in, in yeah. First Timothy, um, there's this thing called the capital L law. And from your study and your discussions with each other, um, what's been the purpose of the law? Who is it made for? And why is it considered good versus, let's say, what's the way to use it as bad? Uh, well, you just go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that for something like the purpose of law is just to, uh, it's not just, is to be a point of reference. I believe that Paul has been entrusted with. Um, I think, yeah, for everybody who has read First Timothy, there's a whole list of things that um, the law is made for. Um, and a lot of it references many of the commandments and would have been already scattered throughout the Bible. Um, but I think there blatantly it states that the law is better, but the law is also um, still there for Christians um, to give them wisdom of what it means to live righteously. So it's like, in the end, the law is for everyone because it is from God. Um, yeah. Just to uh, build on that as well, the law is given to all of us. And you see that in certain verses, like there's a whole list that Paul writes, like verses 9 to 10. And I'm like, wow, we are in that list. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We are the, we are the disobedient. We are mm-hmm. the ungodly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the law is written for us, like all of us. Um and the law coming from God, as God is a giver of good things, we know that he's using this as a way uh, for our good. Um, I think, yeah, he doesn't give us the law to condemn us. It just shows us that if we were to be saved based on how well we follow the law, it's like, that's it. <laughs> we can't. Like, we can't follow the law perfectly. Uh, so I think it, the law also reveals our need for Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hundred percent. Like when when I was reading this, it was like um, when we talk about God's righteousness, it's about who can be one hundred percent perfect. Like yeah, right. Like what you guys mentioned. Like none of us are hundred percent perfect. And but then on the other hand, there's also like we're righteous because Jesus took our place. So after we become Christians, it's like okay, we're righteous now, even though we're not like perfectly sinless. But then there are people who haven't like haven't put like made Jesus their Lord yet. And then this is kind of like the, who the law is referring to too, because then it kind of like reveals, okay, I'm actually away from the law. Cause it's almost like you don't know that the wrong or the mistakes that you're doing unless someone shows you yeah. the right parts mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like definitely there. Like, I think when you don't have like a physical person 
like always by your side like or if yeah or if you don't personally have a relationship with god yet at least you have this law that's been that's there for you to to yeah to reference and usually when we talk about law (laughs) or rules uh, as we call it um we (laughs) we don't really like them um but in this case first timothy like paul actually says in first timothy that the law is good um so in what way is the law good even though we kind of don't like it <laughs> i think just to start off like yeah it is kind of counter like our cultural understanding of law like oh no like we don't want to like follow the law or like limited by the law i think yeah recognizing where the law comes from or who is given the law um and the intent of the giver of the law so god being the giver of the law and his intent is for our good so mm-hmm. that in itself helps me understand okay the law isn't there to like to to be limiting but it's out of love uh, for the person i think that's a very important distinction um because when we think about law that is almost like bad it's like <laughs> law from our parents <laughs> they give us rules that we don't want to follow and a lot of the laws and rules that we have are human laws and rules um, versus like god's law doesn't isn't just like a law then you get punished but because it's based on his character it's like okay there's law there's punishment but then there's also grace and there's mercy attached to it which is something that like for for us like in the in our world like our judicial system doesn't really do that um yeah so i i just thought of that at the time when you guys were talking so i wanted to share that too <laughs> um so there's there's a part in the first timothy talks about um like the law is good if it's used lawfully. Um, and that's something that I was thinking about too. Like, when is it, when is the law used lawfully and when is it not used lawfully? Yeah, I was wondering about that too. I was like, hmm, this is sort of like a part of the past where like, hmm, I'm going to need to like think about this some more. But I imagine that as I'm thinking about it more right now. <laughs> I'm thinking like the purpose of the law is like the laws issued out of love for the person, for their goodment, for their betterment. Um, but I can imagine that the law can be twisted. Like yeah. the application of the law can be twisted. Um, if you're trying to make a point or if you're just trying to skew it for, yeah, for your own benefit for, or some sort of benefit. Yeah. I'm trying to look up my notes, but I can't. Oh, yeah. I think in verse five, um, it says... The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So, yeah, like the like what you guys said, the point of the law isn't to condemn someone to death, to send us all to hell. Like, sure, that's part of it, but we kind of go down. But then the ultimate end is like a relationship with God and reconciliation with God. So that's the beautiful part about God's law is the death and condemnation is not the end of it. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so we're on to the last part, which is almost like this is this might be the trickiest part of this. Um because we're talking about what sidetracked the people in Ephesus, like the people that um Paul is writing first Timothy to. Um so what sidetracked them that like that caused Paul to write the book, and then how does that compared to our situation today i think like contextually uh natalie and i were reading the passage oh it disappeared okay we were reading about um 
Ephesus and sort of what was there. And through our training as well, we were learning that Ephesus being a center of like pagan worship, there was this god is called Artemis that people uh, worshipped. And just like a, a, as Ed had said earlier, Ed had said earlier, like a lot of false teaching, um, misdirection, um, being pulled into different directions, um, but at the same time also a mixing pot of different people, like the Jewish people, Romans, um, Gentiles. So, so a lot of different people with different backgrounds, but also being pulled into like various directions. It sounds like Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what were the things that were kind of sidetracked them and pulling them in different directions? I think in our in our sort of contextual readings, and they had mentioned that there was, um, so Artemis herself, the goddess Artemis, um, sort of the worship of Artemis included different practices. Um, I think in the notes I mentioned something like sexual practices, practice of magic and arts. Um, and then even... I think during our training, uh, Pastor Ada had mentioned some women within the Ephesian church um, in the sort of the new, quote unquote, like way of, of, of I guess, living mm-hmm. the new sort of norm mm-hmm. for a woman was a lot of focus on the outer beauty and, and adornment. Mm-hmm. Um, so a pulling away, I guess, from the ways that worship traditionally looks like or, or uh, the church looks like and also pulling away from God himself because mm-hmm. people are worshiping and drawn into worshiping Artemis. How do you guys think that that compares um, to not just like current situation of like this week, this is what happened, but like yeah. the landscape <laughs> that we're kind of living in here in Toronto. I was just thinking about this yesterday too. I'm like in the same way that in the passage that we're reading, people being pulled in different directions, being told different things and, and sort of, feeling like they want to follow, they want to hear, they want to find out like what these other teachings are um, in the same way. Like we have so, I don't know, I'm just looking at like all the different sources of information that are around yeah. me. Like there was so much information around me. Um, so many things I could be reading. So many things that um, even within like a topic, let's say the topic of social justice, like so many streams of reading and information within that topic that I'm reading. And I think it still causes, like, in the same way that the, probably people back in this passage, they had to navigate that information and figure out for themselves, like, how does it align with what I know already about God? Um, and to be grounded in those truths. And I think as I'm wrestling with different information sources and, like, filtering them and, and having some of this information like, speak to me and my interests and then also be like, but what is the faith lens or the Christian lens? Um and I think even this week being exposed to all this information, it has caused me to sort of come back and be like, okay, as I'm processing, can I remember like the truth of who God is, what he has already done in a certain situation I'm reading about and to pray. Um, it sounds a little bit tangential right now, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just like, it's just recognizing that in the same way that this church had a lot of directions that they could be pulled into the importance of being grounded back and being tethered back uh, to the truth and reminding myself and learning what that truth is just being tempted by the world and what the flesh wants um a lot of times like especially i think when people can be also very emotionally driven as now so like very emotionally driven 
Um, so whenever something either uh, works in their benefit right now or, or like how some achievements they want right now, then it allows them to um, really, I think, momentarily disregard the, yeah, what like element, core elements of their faith. Um, and people can be really quick to abandon them to, to go for other things. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's something that's going to be like happening all the time, but, um, we just hope that we can run to what we know about God. I think that too, it's like, it's like, as we cling on to like what we know about God mm-hmm. and, and his power and his ability, like rather find that it gives it's becoming sort of more of a remembering of the hope that it can have because of God and who he is in his control. So like if I, I think we mentioned earlier in our chat today, like, like how big there is a response, how big is the pull is our response to like do something about something and, and like, and to respond by like giving something or like saying something or like posting something. Um, but to come back and, and I feel like in that way, sometimes I feel a bit hopeless because I'm like, my limit, I'm so limited in the ability to actually like do anything, like cause any change. And I'm like, what would that do? Um, but rather come back to God and like draw hope from there. Um, yeah. Again, like, yeah, we're human. So we're, we don't have, <laughs> it's like unlimited resources within us as well. So yeah, just like yeah, just acting. Like the point, the act of acting is very important. Um, but it has to just becoming. Um, yeah, I, I, my my thoughts keep on getting distracted. <laughs> distracted, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just gonna trail off. i'll I'll keep all of that in i'm not i'm not gonna edit any of this um (laughs) that's yeah i'm just gonna keep all of this because this is just a conversation between friends um i I think that's like an amazing point that we can leave people with is um a response um, regardless of how emotionally charged a situation is should always be informed um by god's truth and the gospel Um, it may seem like very cliche like we always do that anyway. Like we were always doing stuff informed by God's truth and God's gospel. Um, but I think it's like because the gospel is so simple where it's like Jesus was like blameless and then he died for us and then he rose again the third day to save us and all these things. Then he went back to heaven. It, it's so simple. But then that's why it can be applied in so many different situations. Um, yeah. So for everyone listening that is our main takeaway for today. The response should be informed by God's truth and God's gospel. Um, it's our responsibility to be informed about God's truth and God's gospel. And that's why we study yeah. the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just got this idea while we're doing this interview. So this wasn't part of our pre-planned stuff. Uh, but one of you. <laughs> so now we just gave away all our secrets. <laughs> um would one of you guys be down to pray with us um, and end off this episode of the podcast? Yeah, I can pray for us. All right, thanks, Matt. Okay. Um, um, dear Heavenly Father God, thank you um, for this time that we're able to um, have with um, our sister, God, to be able to share how you've been working in our lives, God, and 
um, how you've been able to touch us and um, move us uh, through the reading of First Timothy. And uh, it's just the beginning, God, and um, you've already convicted us, us, convicted us of so much, God. Um, I pray that this fuels us um, to want to learn more about you, God, to be able to strengthen our foundation in you, God, mm. and um, for us to um, be transformed, God, and to have confidence in our knowledge of you, God, and our relationship with you, God, that uh, we are will be able to um, guide people um, who don't know you yet or who do know you already, God, and um, to be able to guide ourselves during um, difficult circumstances, God, and that um, our faith is strengthened um, so that whenever we um, encounter these uh, trials or um, difficult situations, God, um, that we know how to respond in a way that is an extension of you and your mm-hmm. love, God. Um, and yeah, that, that we're able to um, combat anything, God. Um, yes. So I pray that um, yeah, we continue to hold that to our heart, God, and, um, and pray for opportunities uh, to act, God, and to be that um, salt and light to the people around us, God. Um, we really need your strength um, during this time. Um, and we know that we're not able to um, do anything on our own, God, but uh, through you who's been asked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we pray that um, as Junction continues, um, it'll be a uh, continual, fruitful conversation, God, and maybe use each other to, um, to strengthen each other, God, and uh, sharpen each other as well, God. Um, may everything we say and everything that we do and everything we think, God, um, be out of love for you, God. So we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. So that's it for today. Hi again, T3C family, and we hope you are blessed by our discussion our prayer time today. Just a reminder that Junction happens after our Sunday service at 11.20 a.m. from June to July. For more information, please go to info.tccc.ca slash junction. Before we part, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen to so you get this every single week. And if you're not subscribed to our midweek email, their Sunday bulletin, you can do that at info.tccc.ca slash bulletin. Finally, we want to thank Amanda Wong for our podcast artwork. And family, we pray that you have a blessed week. Till next time. Bye.